0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: But where does he coach in 2024? We are Unsportsmanlike on, on ESPN Radio with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck Pier 17. What a wild day in the NFL it was yesterday. We got the surprise firing, right? We all sat here last week and we said at some point there could be a surprise firing in the league. We talked about the likes of Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. We talked about Sean McDermott in Buffalo. We talked about Mike McCarthy in Dallas, three coaches that are going to be coaching this weekend in the postseason. And we talked about them as potentially the surprise firing. Now we got a situation yesterday where Mike Vrabel didn't walk away, didn't try to get traded to New England or anywhere else. He got straight up fired by the Tennessee Titans after a six-year run, 54 and 45, three times in the playoffs, right? A number one seed, an AFC title game. And now you have NFL teams out there that have to look at three potential candidates. Jim Harbaugh, national champ. Bill Belichick, greatest of all time. And Mike Vrabel, like, just tailor-made to coach your team as candidates even CC for jobs that aren't open have to be looking at these three guys
2: yeah and the one I'm thinking about is New England it just makes too much sense right they put him in the Patriots Hall of Fame this this season and you know when he went up there in his speech he referenced the Patriots and saying we like, this is somebody that understands the organization's DNA. He's Bill Belichick adjacent. He played for him, didn't coach with him. We know Belichick assistants haven't had a lot of success as head coaches. So Mike Vrabel is somebody that you have proof of concept with that can do the job, even when he has inferior talent, can find ways to win football games. To me, this is the ideal candidate if you're trying to rebuild a program. And just looking at it on his face, the Patriots have the third pick in the NFL draft. Whoever they take at quarterback will be better than any of the quarterbacks that Mike Vrabel has had in his six years as the Tennessee Titans head coach. And let me run down the list of those quarterbacks that started games for him. He had Marcus Mariota for 21 games, Ryan Tannehill for 67 games, Blaine Gabbard for eight games, Malik Willis for 11 games, Josh Dobbs for two games, Will Levis for nine games. And this dude won multiple playoff games, got to an AFC championship game, and during his six-year tenure had the 12th best record in the NFL during that span. What, good. what more do you need to know about his ability to be able to coach football games, Smalls?
3: You don't need to know anything else. He's he is the guy for a lot of teams, and I imagine he's going to be commanding a lot of interest. I'm sure his phone was ringing off the hook yesterday because this was a surprise for me. I when I first saw the report from Adam Schefter, I, I went to dot com because I'm like, no, there has to be more to the story, right? There has to be a mutual parting of ways, some kind of
2: scandal, something, something going be something on <laughs> because
3: they wouldn't be that short sighted to fire this guy because the, and yeah, listen, the results weren't there. Six and eleven. This is not what you expect or if you want want to be a championship caliber organization that's not good enough but there are a lot of circumstances and context surrounding that record right Mm -hmm. and it's never easy to replace the guy and bill belichick is obviously the guy but it's a whole lot easier to sell it to your fan base that you got it right when it's that guy that you're gonna hire but new england is not the landing spot for me I'm thinking about Chicago, you guys. I'm thinking about the Chicago Bears. And I know Matt Eberflus did a really good job uh, towards the end of the season. The Bears really turned it around. There are signs of progress there. But if you're not ready to commit to him for at least another three years and you're moving on from Justin Fields, you're going to draft somebody new, likely Caleb Williams, why wouldn't you start fresh with a new head coach? And doesn't Mike Vrabel just feel like the coach of the Chicago Bears? He's going to have them prepared. He's tough. He just feels like the Bears head coach. I could absolutely see it. I think it'd be a perfect fit.
1: So one thing on the Bears, and then I'll give you my perfect fit for Vrabel in my mind. The Bears, again, make a decision. Either extend Eberflus or fire Eberflus. Do not put Caleb Williams in a position where he has to have two coaches in two years. Because you're voluntarily doing that. Because if Matt Eberflus and the Bears don't have a good season next year, he's going to get canned. No, no. And you're never going to get a better crop of candidates for coaches than you have right now. And you're never going to have a more attractive situation to lure someone in than you have right now. You have the number one pick in a draft where people want the number one pick in the draft. Now, perfect spot for Vrabel for me. Mike Vrabel has something that only Jim Harbaugh has had, I think, maybe ever. The line that you could put next to him of, well, you can always go back to the NFL. Everyone always says that about college coaches. You can always go back to college if you fail in the NFL. Steve Spurrier was not good in the NFL, goes right back to college. Urban Meyer, if he wanted a college job right now, was was all-time historically bad in the NFL. People would fire their coaches in college to hire Urban Meyer. That's how great he was. (laughs) The spot for Mike Vrabel right now is to get a 10-year, 100-plus million-dollar deal with Ohio State. If it doesn't work out at Ohio State, you could always go back to the NFL. He's that good. You really want to replace Belichick? And are you really going to talk to the Pats while Belichick is still employed there? Just throwing that out there. The Bears may or may not be open. It doesn't seem like he's at least been mentioned yet. Chargers, Raiders, etc. Go to Ohio State. Especially if Harbaugh is gone. It, they don't want Ryan Day anyway. You could be king of the castle. You could win a championship. You could always go back to the NFL. Go back to Ohio State and be the king of the Big Ten. As much as it pains me to say this as a Wisconsin grad, that to me is the spot for Vrabel right now.
3: But why would you want to do that if you're Mike Vrabel? I mean, Jim Harbaugh went back to college because it was for his alma mater.
1: Which is what Vrabel would be doing.
3: I I know, but like... Yeah, I guess that's fair. That is fair. But I, I just think the, the landscape is different. Like when he when he did that, it was a completely different college football than it is right now. It just feels like a headache that you would not want to incur if you're Mike Vrabel to have to deal with transfer portal, NIL, all of that stuff. Or the other
1: way. All of a sudden, Mike Vrabel shows up at Ohio State. You don't think there are going to be quarterbacks that are going to say, oh, oh, wait a minute. I, I know I committed to you, school X, but he's over there now. I want to play for him. Mike Vrabel is cool. Like, there are very He's few very coaches cool. that you could say are cool. Like, Mike Tomlin's cool. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, like, has a place of coolness where I think coaches, the young kids know who he is and would want to play for well, him. Well,
2: getting talent has never been a problem for Ryan Day at Ohio State. That's not well, an issue.
1: Okay, developing the talent. That, that's, that's not. <laughs> not what, uh, hmm. For a college. For college. Yeah. Uh, or, you with C.J.
2: Stroud and Marvin Harrison, you didn't win anything. Yeah, yeah, but, well, I mean, you went up against a team that won back-to-back national championship games and you had an opportunity to win. Your field goal kicker just missed the kick. So, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm getting rid of Ryan Day Just because Mike Vrabel is available. Like, I think Jim Harbaugh leaving the Big Ten and leaving Michigan solves a lot of Ohio State's problems. I I think Vrabel is an NFL coach, and there are some coaches that just prefer to be in the NFL ranks, just like there are some coaches that prefer college football, i.e. Nick Saban. So I guess my whole point is, if you're an NFL team, this is one of the top targets that you need to be looking at if you have a coaching vacancy or you're considering a coaching change within the next year. This is the guy. Like, you've got plenty of runway because of Vrabel's age to establish a program and have sustained success. And ideally, that's what you're looking for. There is no guesswork when it comes to what you're going to get with Mike Vrabel. People already understand that. He is an NFL lifer. He played the game for a really long time, he's won championships. Now he's coached the game for a really long time. So I, I guess it just makes sense if you're a team that needs a head coach to go ahead and hire this guy because he rep- represents a clear and obvious upgrade over the majority of coaches in the NFL.
1: So let's put something in perspective based on your previous opinions on this because I think this will be interesting for people to hear, CeCe. So you have said you think Harbaugh still ends up back at Michigan. Okay, let's play out that that's right. You have said while Belichick is the greatest coach of all time and would help a lot of contending teams, how long are you signing up for a 70-plus-year-old coach, right? Right. We have also said that there are coaches that need to win this weekend to ensure that they're going to be back next year. Mike McCarthy in Dallas, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, and uh, Sean McDermott in Buffalo. So we've said that those seats are kind of mildly warm. Mm-hmm. Now that Mike Vrabel, who's in his what, late 40s, early 50s? 48. Him, 48. Late 40s, was a player and now six years as an NFL head coach. How hot are those three seats based on the fact that Mike Vrabel is now available? Philly, mm. Dallas, and Buffalo? They
2: should be they should be they should be heating up now. Burning? They should be or heating hot? up.
3: No, Depend- like, like, depending on results,
2: probably. Right? They should be heating up. Yeah. I I mean, depending on what happens in wildcard weekend, I mean, if you lose to the Mason Rudolph led Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's burning. You gotta be worried if you're Sean McDermott. I don't give a damn if you are the two seed in the AFC. Mike McCarthy, if you lose to the freaking uh, Green, Bay Pack- Green Bay Packers with Jordan Love in his first year as a starter. You need to be worried. And Nick Seriani, you go down to Tampa and lose to the bake show, you on the w- first thing smoking. you on Philly. the first thing smoking on Tuesday.
1: Think about Philly and Buffalo with Vrabel. They would love him. Love him. Love him. Love him. He'd be
3: perfect there. Love him. He'd be perfect, he'd be perfect at a lot of places. Love him.
1: Love but love he'd him. be, like, extra perfect there. Now, it's interesting from the Titans' perspective, because the question comes up, what are they doing? Why would they do that, right? Why would they do that? Well, Amy Adams Strunk, their owner, was on 104.5 The Zone in Tennessee and explained why she decided to not trade Mike Vrabel
2: a coach's contract, you can't
3: trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it, but at the end of the day, with league rules the way they are, it would have maybe put us back three weeks. And, you know, honestly, to get the right head coach, I was just not willing to go to the back of the line and take a chance of missing out on someone we really wanted.
2: Okay, so question on this. Doesn't make sense, but here's what I'll say about it. I, I actually applaud her she 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 got to the right conclusion even though the way she got there was the wrong route because I do think that Mike Vrabel has earned the right to choose his destination and I and I'm I'm, I'm all for that based on what he's had to do and the success he's been able to have with subpar talent I I, I, I I'm glad that he has a chance to be a coaching free agent and choose his destination And so even though I think from an organizational standpoint you lose something because you don't get any return for losing one of the very best coaches in the league, I like the idea that he can go wherever he wants. So question, though, on that.
1: So technically, because NFL interviews are reported, right, and documented, my thought initially was, why don't you just start interviewing people and acknowledge with him, like, hey, you're not going to be our head coach. So when Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator of the Texans, is in in our building, you're going to know why? It needs to be formally recorded and documented, right? And that's yes. why they can't actually do that. So yes. they can channel, but they can't really do an interview. So yeah, Correct. Okay, so, as long, so basically if there's any holdup in that trade, they really can't interview anyone. Correct. Okay, so that's, that's what she's saying is, I've made the decision. He's not our head coach. I want our new head coach in. I want to do it properly, Rooney Rule, et cetera. And the Rooney Rule is so beyond backwards because you're starting at the end instead of the beginning. It, it makes no sense. Start at the beginning with the Rooney rule. Start with every level of assistant coaches. Start with the quality control because if you're not going to build the candidate pool, you're not going to have as many candidates at the end. Start at the beginning. Start with assistant coaches, quality control. Do it for every job across the board and make it fair across the board, which the NFL, I don't understand for the life of me why they don't do that. That's separate conversation. But in this specific case, it needs to be formally documented. So when people say just start interviewing somebody, they can't.
2: They Correct. cannot do it. Okay. They Th- cannot do it. But my, I guess my question is why are you getting rid of Mike Vrabel? Well, that's the part that doesn't make any sense. Why are you getting rid of somebody that you know can coach? That makes no sense.
1: Okay, to play, just to play devil's advocate, I agree with you. He comes off as a guy that maybe could rub some people the wrong way because he's who he is. He's honest, he's direct, he's a little rough. And yeah, but he's good at his job but he's good at his, yeah, good at his job. I know, I agree. He's with you. good at
2: his job. Show me somebody that's good at their job that doesn't have some ego. Of course, you need an ego to be good at your job. And I'm sorry, Rand Carthon, I'm sorry, Amy Adams Shrunk. If you can't deal with Mike Vrabel, that says more about you than it does about him. This is an ultra competitive business. Like there are people that want to win, and Mike Vrabel has expressed that kind of passion to get rid of somebody that you know can coach when that person didn't ask to leave Makes no sense to me. But that puts even more pressure on Rand Carthon and what the hell they got going on in Tennessee this offseason.
1: I promise you, wherever Mike Vrabel ends up, he's going to bring that level of gravitas, that excitement to that franchise. And people are going to be going on vivid seats and looking for better tickets to those games, Cece, because no, no doubt, No doubt. And you know team. what else I can
2: promise you? Yeah. That wherever Mike Vrabel goes, he will be better than the Tennessee Titans will in 2024. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Check off that New Year's bucket list with the tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, every slap shot, and every dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From tip-off to the final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN.
1: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight,
0: La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, we're going to have final
1: answers on something in a couple of minutes here. Final answers, no going back, NFL awards. We're going to get to that. Coming up in just a few minutes, we are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. We did hand out our ESPN Power Rankings that we're going to do each and every week. We did it last week with the top three ESPN personalities that we'd want to go out with, like at night. Today, we did the top three ESPN personalities we would want to be in a suite with, a la MJ, Jeter, Stephen A., Travis Scott at the National Championship game. Smalls, you gave your three to?
3: SVP. I gave it to Stephen A. Smith. And who was my... Joe Buck.
2: You already and Joe forgot. Buck. I was, okay. really I, I was
1: See, like, where's the, my the
3: list? Lou,
2: of course somebody in the course. Lou had to make their way in the suite. Of course.
1: CC, you gave
2: yours Uh, to Doris Burke, Ryan Clark, and Bob Myers.
1: That's a great list. I gave mine to Linda Cohn, Teddy Bruski, and uh, Dominic Foxworth because I was wearing his vest that he left here because he stole Michelle's uh, jacket. Matt in Atlantic City watching on ESPN. You, who would you give your top three ESPN people you'd want in the suite at a game with? Okay, so number three, I'm actually torn between the OG of ESPN Radio, Freddie Coleman, and Dan Olafsky. And Dan Olofsky, I'm leading towards Olofsky at number three. Number two, Amber Wilson. She's everything. Miami, Miami Heat, Miami Dolphins. Amber Wilson, number two. And my number one draft pick,
4: Michelle Smallman.
1: Smallman. Hello. We're going, we're go, we're going into the suite. You, Amber Wilson. And Dan Orlovsky. let's do it. Thank you, guys. That's a great wow. list.
3: That is a great list. I'm mm. in great company. I now. would take oh, Smalls oh,
1: out. I would take Smalls out and put Freddie in. But nonetheless, so would I. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, Freddie's the nicest guy on planet <laughs> Earth. Great, Freddie's great.
3: I would
2: totally I kick how myself. How does out the
1: world this. make people as nice as Freddie? I don't even understand no. that. I don't. I don't,
2: I don't know about Dan Orlovsky in the suite, though. Okay, go ahead. Because the food takes are just so atrocious that I just would be skeptical of what kind of eats we're going to have mm. in the suite.
1: I don't that, know. Like if the I, menu the sweet menu I, is key. I,
2: I, I don't know if that would be great. Like, you know what I mean? Like Dano with the ketchup on macaroni and cheese. It oh. just, just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I just I I can't go along with it. I I Amber, can't be on board with it.
1: Amber and I in a suite together, people would leave in about three seconds because we'd start breaking down Jamal Kane, the eleventh man on the heat. That it would be a disaster for oh, everybody. Yeah. And they'd be out. Amber and I would go all in, Spouse contracts, eight years, hundreds. Oh now I'm thinking about this. This is great. All right. Final answers. A big final answer day for us today. Mm. We've speculated all year long. We've talked about it all year long. The NFL awards. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: CC go first. All MVP, right.
1: coach of the year, comeback, offensive rookie, defensive rookie of the year. We cannot change after this. Okay,
2: so here's my MVP. It's Lamar Jackson. The win over the San Francisco 49ers, the presumed presumed best team in the league on Christmas Day, sealed it for me. This guy is phenomenal player. You can't just look at the passing touchdowns. You got to look at the rushing touchdowns. Right there, 29 total touchdowns. But most importantly, having one of the best records in the National Football League, I think that makes the difference. So Lamar Jackson for MVP. Coach of the year, I've got D'Amico Ryans. I know that a lot of people think it's Kevin Stefanski and what he's done with all of the missing quarterbacks, but D'Amico Ryans resurrected the the Houston Texans. Think about how atrocious that franchise was. Coming into this season, they only had 11 wins over the past three years. They had two one-and-done coaches in Dave Culley and Lovey Smith, and with a rookie quarterback, they were able to win the division. A division where I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to punch their ticket to the AFC Championship game. That's neither here nor there. But they were the first rookie head coach quarterback tandem to win the division since the 2012 Indianapolis Colts with Andrew Luck and Chuck Pagano. So D'Amico Ryan's my coach of the year. And then comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco, my former teammate. I mean, the guy was on the couch in early November. The Browns call him up put him on the practice squad, he gets elevated, and the guy, all he does is go 4-2 in his final six games down the stretch and have the Cleveland Browns as the top wild card in the AFC. They are a dangerous football team, and the thing that makes it most impressive is seeing how the defense has responded because they know they have competent quarterback play on the offensive side of the ball. So there it is, guys. My MVP, my Coach of the Year, my Comeback Player of the Year, Lamar Jackson MVP, D'Amico Ryan's Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Flacco.
3: Very good list. Smalls. Same thing. MVP is Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens have been excellent all year long. Lamar Jackson has been the main catalyst of that. They have beat quality opponents. They beat inferior opponents. And the games that they lost, guys, were all pretty tight games as well. He is just one of those guys that, as you say, CeCe, is a force multiplier. He's been outstanding this season. Lamar Jackson, MVP. And I hear what you're saying about D'Amico Ryans. He's done an exceptional job. But I don't know how many coaches could weather losing their starting quarterback, losing the second guy, the third guy, and then make it happen with the fourth guy and Joe Flacco. Kevin Stefanski has got to be the coach of the year for me, not only because he's able to weather the storm with the carousel at quarterback, but think about all of the drama that existed with Deshaun Watson not working out. The Cleveland Browns mortgaged their franchise, mortgaged their reputation to bring in this guy, and it wasn't working out, and he did not let the team crumble. He did not let all of the outside noise get to those guys in the locker room. He was able to keep them together as a unit and have a lot of successes this year Kevin Stefanski is the coach of the year for me the comeback player of the year was the hardest one for me to choose it's impossible because you know I, I initially wrote down Joe Flacco because it's a remarkable story, but I really thought about it, and I don't know how I give the award to anyone other than DeMar Hamlin. I really went back and thought about that moment in time where we watched that horrific scene in real time as as humans, as football fans, and the fact that he was able to overcome that, that he is living, that he's okay, and that he was even able to step on a football field, period, is just it's amazing. So I think DeMar Hamlin deserves it.
1: All right, so here we go. Mine, MVP, Lamar, obviously. Rookie of the year. I'm so quarterback biased that I went with C.J. Stroud, but Nakua has to be at least mentioned. I mean, he had an all-time great rookie season for the Rams. Defensive rookie of the year. I don't know if we're giving that out, but I think we'd all probably give it to the same guy. You say it because it's your guy. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Mm -hmm. Hey, Mr. Carter. All right, I am uh, going Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year as well. And comeback player of the year. Listen, DeMar Hamlin is like, yes. Like you cannot sit there and say wrong. He's a comeback person of the year. He's so inspirational. Absolutely right. But for the sake of conversation, I think when you're thinking comeback players of the year, you've got to think of Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. Oh, who's the Bucks quarterback, but most known as the Browns quarterback. I was thinking about this a lot. Joe Flacco is unbelievable. Joe Flacco coming off the couch and winning games the way he's won games this year. But Baker Mayfield's played an entire season as a starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you remember him with the Carolina Panthers? Remember that short stint that was a disaster? Mm -hmm. Remember it was like, oh, what a nice little story for Baker Mayfield and the Rams. Like he gets a win, final win of his career kind of thing. No, the Buccaneers had him replace Tom Brady. He won a division. He had 28 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Like, I don't think we acknowledge how difficult that job is. Look at my favorite guy in the NFL, Belichick. How, how hard it was for him to replace Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, the Bucs did it better than the Pats did it. Nine and eight, I get it. Bad division, I get it. But Baker Mayfield is where I'm going for comeback player of the year. There are my awards. Okay. Who did we leave out? Who Who is listening in the NFL right now and say, are you freaking kidding me? You guys didn't even mention my name. Anyone for MVP? Dak? Prescott? Dak Prescott? <laughs>
3: I don't think anyone has a case that's better than Lamar's. No.
1: Okay, so nobody is mad at us for MVP. Rookie of the year, we said Stroud and Nakua. Coach of the year, we said Stefanski and um, D'Amico Ryan. Ryan. We gave the big three, I think, for comeback player of the year. They're actually kind of straightforward, I guess. Anybody for defensive rookie of the year outside of Jalen Carter?
2: Kobe Turner, nose tackle for uh, the LA Rams. Nine sacks, pretty good.
1: Wouldn't have brought that up, got to be honest with you. (laughs) Just you asked, I know. I gave you an answer. You know what the problem with you is? You know too much about football. Coming up, we will find out we will find out why Mike Vrabel is no longer the head coach of the Titans next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio.
2: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer.
5: to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Unsportsmanlike.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
5: We are Unsportsmanlike
1: here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Yes, that guy, Mike Vrabel, is the hottest topic in the NFL right now. Dan Graziano is here, ESPN NFL reporter, to discuss this. So, Dan, let's start with that. Why is Mike Vrabel no longer the coach of the Titans?
6: Uh, The Titans decided that they wanted a coach that was more aligned, whether it's vision-wise or personality-wise, with the GM they hired last year and ran Carthon. So uh, for whatever it was, those two were not lined up on enough issues from the perspective of ownership, uh, and they decided to move on from Vrabel. I guess Carthon is is newer there, and, and they want him to sort of be in charge of you know, shepherding the organization into the future. Uh, the last couple of years haven't gone well. And I think uh, they, they felt like they were, they were going to change some stuff. So, yeah, Mike Vrabel um, now available for any team that wants to hire a head coach. And I would think it would be of interest to just about any of them because uh, he's shown himself to be a good and successful head coach in the NFL. And a lot of these guys are getting interviews uh, and will get hired. Uh, no offense to any of them, just have not had the opportunity to prove that yet. So, Yeah. yeah.
2: Dan, one of the places that obviously people are going to speculate around Vrabel going is back to Foxborough with the, yes. the Patriots. Now that job isn't open. Bill Belichick is currently still the head coach. Now we know he met with owner Robert Kraft on Monday. Any idea as the timeline to when? they are going to make a final decision about who will be the Patriots coach in 2024.
6: I, I keep believing it'll be sometime in the next couple of days, but I've been saying that now for a couple of days. Look, it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Like It's not just as simple as just sort of, oh, you're fired, get out of here. Like they've They've got to figure out how to present that if, in fact, he is moving on. And if he's trying to convince them that he should stay – Um, then he's probably earned the right to at least make that case, right? So then if they're considering that, how does that work? So I think it's it's something that was always going to take a little time. It's not as simple as just like – you know, on, on the Monday after the season, firing a coach that's only been there two, three years and it hasn't gone well. It's a very different situation. So would I be surprised if there was news on this this morning? No. Would I be surprised if it dragged on another couple days? No. I think eventually we'll find out that he's not going to be the coach there anymore, but I don't think it's 100% certain, and uh, and they're definitely handling it in a way that's, respectful of everything he's accomplished
3: absolutely and in his end of season press conference he indicated that he still wants to coach so we know that he's whether it's new england or elsewhere he's probably going to be on a sideline next season but is there an opening out there or a potential opening that could come open that you see as a really good fit for bill belichick
6: the one i keep hearing about is atlanta as a place where you know the roster is in good shape they need to find a quarterback obviously Um, But, you know, if you're going there and you're bringing Josh McDaniels, who's been a successful offensive coordinator and you feel like there are options on the market at quarterback, um, be that whatever, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, you know, I think there are going to be some interesting choices for teams that are, are looking for quarterbacks. So I think there's a lot about that situation that would appeal. I think the Chargers would have some appeal for him. A lot of the guys, the more established guys, like the idea of, of Justin Herbert being in place, a quarterback of that caliber, uh, being someone you can build around. Chargers are going to be a little bit of a different project. They have some cap issues and some roster issues to sort through. Uh, but uh, those are those are the two that I've, I've sort of heard most prominently connected with him.
1: Dan, we have basically... Um capitalized on a segment that we call Reckless Speculation. Oh, (laughs) yeah. We're going to now now walk you into this. So let me just preface this by saying everything that Dan Graziano is about to say (laughs) can be changed at any point and is not necessarily entirely reporting. Oh, boy. Three coaches, the hottest coaches out there, Belichick, Harbaugh, and Vrabel. Can you tell us at this moment, gut feeling, no reporting necessarily, where you think they're going to be next year?
6: Yeah, again, this is just – Reckless sort of speculation. My gut and based on, you know, what, what I, I, I would say, Vrabel, New England, Belichick, Atlanta, Harbaugh, uh, Raiders. Wow. Raiders? Oh. Ra- Those Raiders or Chargers. I couldn't decide what to go with. You asked me again in, in an hour, I might say Chargers. Yeah, that's yeah. the point of this. But it's what, Reckless speculation. speculation. Please, everyone who heard that. <laughs> reckless not, speculation. We yes. get it. Yeah. But
3: what about Antonio Pierce?
6: What about Antonio Pierce? I think uh, he's <laughs> earned the the... He's earned the right to be a strong candidate for that job, and he may get it. I mean, it's entirely possible. Mark Davis uh, of the Raiders has a reputation as sort of preferring the, the star, you know, the big name, and Jim Harbaugh has been someone that that he's looked into before, and it may be that it lines up this time. I I do think the Chargers are a job that's of interest to Jim Harbaugh once he, you know, gets through his celebration and his parade and all the stuff he's talking about, which I, I by by the way I think that's all sincere. Like, I think he does want to enjoy, and he should, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if you're going to bang your head against the wall in a job like that for years and then you finally win a championship, you should get to enjoy it. So right. I don't think there's any rush there. But I do think once the, the dust settles, Chargers and Raiders are two places that you'll hear him connected with.
2: Dan, the playoffs are finally here. Wild Card Weekend is upon us. And I'm curious, from your perspective, are any of the coaches involved with Wild Card Weekend coaching for their jobs?
6: See, coaching for their jobs is strong. Now, do I feel like there could be results this week – that could alter the perspectives of some of the decision makers, right? Like, I don't believe the Dallas Cowboys are at all dissatisfied with the job Mike McCarthy is doing. Uh, he's been twelve and five three straight years. Um, but could they have a, a result against, um, you know, against Green Bay this week that would would change Jerry Jones's mind? Would make him think differently about it? I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I think it's unlikely. But uh, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. And the other one you keep hearing, and again, this is external. This is people, observers of the situation, uh, not necessarily inside the building. uh, But the Eagles, uh, I mean, are in in a bad way right now. And uh, yes, the guy was coaching in the Super Bowl 11 months ago, and it sounds preposterous. But they did move on from Doug Peterson two years after he won the Super Bowl, something no other Eagles coach has ever done. Uh, So... I think if they feel like it, the atmosphere there is broken uh, and if they, if they were to get embarrassed in Tampa on Monday night, I think that's something, again, people around the league will be watching that situation to see whether there's a chance um, that something could change there.
3: Dan, a place where the atmosphere is absolutely broken is the New York Jets, and Aaron Rodgers had come out and said (laughs) that they need to move on from all of the BS that has nothing to do with winning football Mm -hmm. games, but yet he continues to do interviews and put himself into the headlines. What's the sense that you're getting about how that's being received? I know Rob Sala said that internally it doesn't really bother them that he goes on Our Pat McAfee and and has these comments that are very publicized, but what's the sense you're getting around the NFL about how Rodgers is being perceived.
6: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to get me in trouble. From the Jets' perspective, since Rodgers got there, in fact, since before Rodgers got there, everything has seemed to be about having Aaron Rodgers and doing whatever that took to, to maintain. So I don't think you're going to hear anything bad from the Jets about Aaron Rodgers, no matter what lunatic insanity he spews on anyone's airways. Uh, I think they're all in, for better or for worse whether that's a good thing for the Jets or not remains to be seen. So far it has been a disastrously bad thing for the Jets and they're a year in. So but they're not going to I don't think they're going to like wake up and go, "Oh, this guy's poisonous, we need to get rid of him." They're all in. Uh in terms of around the league I think Aaron's, you know, sort of living down to his reputation in a lot of ways uh, as a as a, you know, attention hungry, you know, self-absorbed individual that you know, you hear a lot of things about how he's been in the Jets building since he got there, and they're positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, con artists can be very convincing, <laughs> a- and uh, I think if he's if he's got the Jets fooled about who he is, then that's too bad for them, and eventually they'll pay the price for it. But uh, he's obviously uh, a liar and a, a, a narcissistic con artist uh, who is bad for. Everything he touches, and I think ultimately the Jets will pay the price.
2: Dan, let me ask you as a follow-up to that: Based on all of the baggage that's around Aaron Rodgers and what we've seen over the last three years, the end of Green Bay, and with one in with the Jets, is this Rodgers' last stop in his NFL
6: career? Ideally, I mean, I, I don't think we need to be paying attention to him much longer. I, I hopefully, I mean, I think it's a shame. Look, I, I, I he's an amazing football player. Like, like. Tell your grandkids you got to see him play level football player, you know, but uh, what he's made himself into otherwise is, I think, really damaging to him and to and to a lot of people around him. And I think it's I think it's a shame. I do. I think it's sad, honestly. Uh,
1: Let's finish with this. And uh, Graz and CeCe, Phil, jump in on this because Smalls and I can't relate to this, but you covered this guy that I'm about to bring up. Jets' leadership is in question with all this. They allowed this to happen. Let me just pretend something. Let's just say Woody Johnson owner our team says, Parcells, I need you to come back. Fix this for me. What would Parcells do with this situation right now? Would he trade Rodgers? Would he would he shut down the media? St- what would Parcells do in this spot? He wouldn't touch it. He wouldn't even take wouldn't the job it, No, because of
2: Rodgers. No, no, I mean, you saw the two bills special that we did with our ESPN 30 for 30. Him and Bill Belichick wouldn't even go in the Jets locker okay, room. Okay, so let's
1: pretend it's not the Jets. Let's pretend it's an, <laughs> let's just pretend it's a fake franchise that doesn't actually have a name that has no history sure. with the Jets. It's just that's what's going on. That's the general manager. That's the coach. That's the quarterback. What would Parcells do in that spot? Well,
6: I mean, again, what would he be empowered to do? Anything right? he wants. Like to CeCe's point, like like you, you would you take a job if if you're not empowered to to. To get rid of the stuff you thought was not. I mean, look, again, we're, we're quoting Aaron himself, right? Like, get rid of all the BS that has nothing to do with winning. So trade him. If that's, I mean, certainly this is a guy that has contributed in no way to winning and and just continues to pile up the BS. So if you were <laughs> empowered to get rid of that, then I would think you would be. But, but they, I would think that you would. But the question is, is anyone there empowered to do anything about this? And I think you know, it seems like the answer is no. I think they're just going all in and hoping that it results in a Super Bowl title. And if it, is, if it does, then I guess good for them. But it just feels very far-fetched at this moment.
1: It's why, at least for me personally, I, I constantly applaud, applaud excuse me, Brian Goodenkuns with the Green Bay Packers and what he did. He figured out a way out of this, and he figured out a solution to what became a problem. Dan Graziano, you'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Coming up, I'm over it. We're on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com.
4: Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.
0: I'm over it Ugh. with Pat the producer.
6: People who don't like the college football over. Time. I'm still furious that Pluto is not a planet. Nick Siriani, I'm completely over it. I hate intentional ground. What's with this current mustache? I'm exhausted by rapping. Paper.
4: Godfather 2 is the most overhyped movie of all time.
0: I'm over it. I'm sick and tired and over it.
1: Yes, time for a roundup. I'm over it. Things in life, sports, entertainment. That we've had enough of Pat Costello, our producer, out today. I got it for you. You got it. I think I got it.
2: You the captain now?
1: Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. I mean, let's see. We will see. By the way, Dan Graziano, unbelievable, unbelievable. We're going to play back some of the sound for anybody just tuning in right now. Dan Graziano took a flamethrower to the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he
2: went up and in on you know, Rodgers. That, that might have been better than what we got from Kimmel a couple of days ago.
1: Uh, oh, no. He was better.
2: than. Yeah. He said, oh, no. He was better. He, oh, was. No, he, was, he better. was better. He was better. Sorry,
1: Javante and Nuno. I know you're running around. I'm going to put extra work on. You're going to hear that in about 15 minutes. So we, we can't go too long without no, playing that we gotta, back. Sorry. It was very yeah, amazing. Exactly. So here we go. My, the first thing I'm over. When you're out to dinner with a group of people, friends – Everyone doesn't have to offer everyone else some of their meal. If you do it, great. If you don't, it can't be held against you. I went to dinner about a month ago. I ordered my, with, with two friends. I ordered my meal. I ate my meal. One guy looks at me and says, oh boy, you know, I, I would have liked a piece of that.
2: Then order it. Then order it. I'm with you a thousand percent. Elf, go it. ahead. Go ahead. No, let, go, I'm going to let you. No, but here's the thing. And it gets on my nerves, especially with my wife. Well, I know she's listening right now. I love you, honey. But it gets on my <laughs> nerves when we go out to eat and we order something. and She's like, oh, that looks good on the menu. I'll tell her specific baby go ahead and order yourself one and if you don't eat all of it it's cool just bring it home and you know I'll eat the leftovers tomorrow right uh, you know that's no food is gonna go to waste in a household that I live in it's okay <laughs> but but I go out to eat fully prepared to pay for the entire meal every single time whether it's just me or her or whether we're going out with friends. And so under that premise... So we're going out the, to dinner. The, 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 I have no problem, but here's the thing. <laughs> I'm like under, that too. I don't under, like other under people the, Under that premise, get what you want. Right. Because I don't want to share what I want to eat. I'm going to order everything on the menu to my heart's content. You make sure you get what you want because I don't need you eyeballing my plate. Don't get mad at me when I'm unwilling to share. I am willing to share with my wallet because I'm willing to pay <laughs> for whatever it is that you're you're ordering that you like. So don't look at me as a selfish person because I don't want to share my food once it comes to the table. Well,
3: I think you have a beautiful solution. If you think it looks good, order your own and bring it home. There because it I will tell you this. If I'm out with friends, I don't expect them to give me a bite of theirs and vice versa. But if it's my family or my partner, I expect that I can get a bite. Like, I'm just going to like, take
1: it. Well, hold on, that's different. That is totally different. If your significant other goes into your food and wants to take it, fine.
2: No, it's not fine. That's well, a I'm fine with that. So no, that's a, a problem. That's a problem for me. But he's got a good solution. That's a problem to it. for me. You're saying, but they may not work I'll, 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 I'll die about mine. I'll die about <laughs> mine. I'm standing on business when it comes <laughs> to what I order when we go out to eat. So I'm going to read you what I ordered,
1: okay? And then I'm going to tell you what happened here. Like Wynn
2: Martindale. I'm standing on business
1: <laughs> when I go out
3: to eat. That's right.
1: By the way, never doubt Schefter, never doubt Glazer. When Jay Glazer says during the season there's problems yeah. with yeah. Wink Martindale and Brian Dayball, there's problems with Wink Martindale and Brian Dayball. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, I'll cuss you out if you try to take something off my plate, wife included.
1: Right. So uh, I got this you make hot fried chicken, like the Tennessee Nashville-style oh, chicken. Oh, I love, but it. Not, I love not that. Not in a sandwich, right? Not in a sandwich. Okay. A, it was just a, It's
2: still right. outstanding. Yeah.
1: Honey butter biscuits and oh, slaw. Oh,
3: oh. Wait, this oh, sounds oh, like an... Oh, oh, oh. an Amazing order.
1: It, it was. You got Tier the pickles, one. the little yeah, fries, yeah. pickles oh, on it. Oh. To which my two oh, 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 of my friends oh, oh, oh. said, Boy, you know, I would have loved a piece of chicken. I said, Well why didn't you ask? I, they said they waited till I was done with that's it. That's weird. Too. That's weird. Bothered me. That's weird. Bothered me. Was
2: that place in New York? Yeah. Jacobs Pickles? No. Where'd you go? But
1: that was near where I knew. Where was it? Where was it? The Dutch.
2: Oh, the Dutch is outstanding too. Yeah. Great pick.
3: Is that across the street from Rowell's?
1: A guy good. named Raul? I don't know.
3: The Dutch
2: is outstanding. Yeah. Very I good. mean, but again, another one of those restaurants that's really great. I don't want to share what I order there because the food is so good.
3: Okay, but I think that that's strange that they waited until the end to see if you would offer. It's like they were testing you, hoping you would fail. They should just asked. Right. They should have just asked right. you for a bite. You could have politely declined and said, "Order your own if you want something," yeah. and then you keep it pushing. You keep on with the meal. I don't like that. As you're having conversations and you're enjoying your time and your meal together that they're side-eyeing you waiting for you to offer it up
2: okay so yeah, here's... my wife shames me and she says well it's it's because you're the youngest of three kids that's why you don't want to share you try to hoard everything <laughs> and i'm like this sounds rich coming from an only child
3: hey relax like, we're not all bad uh, like, wait but she went dr phil on you because yeah, you didn't exactly. share?
2: <laughs> she went to the psychology of it all because i didn't want to share what i ordered when we went out to eat hmm
1: I'm the oldest of in, with my sister and I, so that's interesting. Now I'm going to re- think about that a lot. Next one. Next one. Here we you go. Well, you know sure. what I'm over? If you're offering somebody a ride, make sure your gas is filled up. You can't stop for gas when offering someone a ride. Mm. Do
3: people do that?
1: Oh, I know somebody who's done that, and he told me about it, and he said, you know, the person who was in the car with me got so mad. I said, good. They should. He goes, what do you mean? I said, if you're saying, hey, I got it, I'll like, – like let's with kids, carpool – you can't take the kids to the gas station.
3: Yeah, but like, hey, kids, we're I don't know
2: about that. I don't yeah. know if I'm on board with that. Because here's the thing: like, if somebody needs a ride somewhere and you offer them a ride, like, as long as you don't ask them for gas money when you're at the pump, that person needs to be alone for the but ride. Saying, you're doing them a plans. solid.
1: Like, like, let's look at it this way: let's say you guys both live. Okay, now well, you're putting too
2: many qualifications. No, on, no, but go ahead. Okay,
1: I'm going to play play something out for you because I think that you would do what I'm saying in my my guesstimation. We are going to Bristol in a few weeks. We're excited to do shows from Bristol, the ESPN headquarters. You guys live closer to each other than I do to you guys. Let's say you say to Smalls, hey, I'll give you a ride. Just, you know, come up to my apartment. I'll give you a ride. And then along the way, you have to stop for gas. Oh, I wouldn't care. No, but you would get gas before you'd go because you know you're taking well, somebody no. else. But what if he you know, didn't have No, I would actually
2: okay. gas up because gas is cheaper on the way to Connecticut oh, than God. it is in yeah. New York City.
3: And what if he didn't have time in his schedule? <laughs> my... The fact that I'm getting a ride is good with You got to hack
2: off a limb to fill up your tank with gas in New
3: York. You have to hack off a limb for anything yeah. here.
1: I can't believe you're that guy. My grandparents, when I was a Tell kid growing up, Ida and Julius, uh, shout out to them, may they rest in peace. In Queens, New York, where, the, where my grandparents lived and my dad grew up, Bronx and Queens. We would pass maybe seven gas stations to get gas because of how cheap it was at the eighth gas station. Yeah. And they would go literally past every gas station mm-hmm. to get gas. All right. We have time for one more? I think we do. Yeah. Okay. Don't shame people who eat the sauce without anything in it at a at a, at a restaurant. <laughs>
2: in Wait,
1: other words, like, me... okay, I'll give you a perfect example for me. Okay. Chicken satay. The chicken on a stick. Oh, yeah. I love them. Comes with the peanut
2: sauce. Oh, Philippe's chicken satays.
1: Oh,
6: <laughs> he, has, he has the exact oh. place. But if there's oh. peanut oh. sauce left
2: and no chicken, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm
1: eating I'm the gonna, peanut I'm sauce. Gonna, I'm going to lick the plate. Don't yeah. give me the side eye on I'm that. I'm going to
2: lick the plate. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Oh, Small's the is giving us the side eye.
3: No, I'm just wondering who you're going out to eat with that is judging you so harshly at dinner. Oh, well, the not people, that, bite, the people the, that are in the, the
2: restaurant sauce. are going to look at you a little sideways because well, it, yeah. a, like a, it, like it is a well, she-she-foo-foo kind of place. Are you
3: drinking it like an espresso with your pinky up? I would. I'm <laughs> literally
2: picking up the plate, and I'm licking the plate. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm licking the plate. Hey, it's that good. Like, the yeah. chicken satays, the beef satays at Philippe's, Absolutely. So, you're
3: ordering it for the sauce?
2: Yes. No, I I would. The the satays are great. They're good.
1: Hibachi, like, I love the ginger sauce. Oh, Oh, yeah. Hibachi is so
3: underrated. It's the most, it's the best
1: value around. We went there New Year's Eve with another family, kids. It's the best value around. It's phenomenal. I drink that brown ginger sauce. I'll put it in a cup and I'll drink it. I don't care. I order extra rice just because of that sauce. I don't care. You want to shame me for that? Do it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So, what's the difference between that and, like, if you're having pasta? And there's no pasta left, and you have the red sauce, the marinara well, sauce. Well, because
3: I scrape it up, a scarpetta with, with bread. Yeah.
1: Just saying. All right, there we go. I'm not uh,
3: drinking it like a Diet Coke.
1: Well, Cece and I are, so deal with it. <laughs> We're going to drink peanut sauce from our leftover satay. Uh, coming up. Mike Vrabel is no longer the coach of the Titans. And I'm going to guess Aaron Rodgers is not speaking to Dan Graziano anytime soon. We'll get to that next Unsportsmanlike on,
0: on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
4: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet?